0: Uh, unfortunately, Kamala Harris starting to smell a little bit like Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel you. Uh, Kamala Harris, who uh, is now, uh, I think she's in like third or fourth in the polls in New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders, a new poll just came out today, is leading in New Hampshire. That's after uh, raising $10 million in a week from 306, I think it was 349,000 donors. Uh, I also think... I also think that uh, it was 39% of the donors were new emails. So he's expanding his coalition, Bernie Sanders. Mm. Meanwhile, Joy Reid says he's not a Democrat. He's not a Democrat. Forget the money. Let me tell you something. If if Kamala Harris raised... That's
1: an arguing point? That's like the weakest arguing point you can possibly If
0: Kamala Harris raised $10 million in a week, CNN, the New York Times, they'd call the election... They'd say, forget it, she's the nominee, everybody unite. But Bernie Sanders, pin drops, but I digress. So Kamala Harris, who, she says she's for the people, which is kind of stealing from, you know, Bernie for the people. You know, isn't Bernie's group Bernie for the people? I
1: don't know if he's for the people.
0: No, it's, that's Kat's group, Bernie for the people.
1: No, it's the people for Bernie. Oh, the people oh. for Bernie. Whatever,
0: she stole it from he's Bernie. She's Yeah. No, you're dyslexic. I'm not dyslexic. Uh, Anyway, so let's take a look. Credit to CNN. They actually did some journalism here. Kamala Harris mischaracterizes San Francisco policy she backed that reported arrested, undocumented juveniles. I, I, I see it. I see it. So Democratic presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris This week mischaracterized a 2008 policy she supported that led to undocumented minors who were arrested for suspected felonies being turned over to Immigration and Customs Enforcement before they had been convicted of crimes. Speaking to an audience in Iowa Sunday on Political Party Live, a podcast about Iowa politics, Harris was asked by host Misty Rubick about a CNN report detailing Harris's public support for a citywide policy enacted by then Mayor Gavin Newsom, who's now the governor of California, good handsome man, by the way, of reporting juvenile undocumented immigrants arrested by local police to ICE. The decision revoked a previous policy of non-reporting. So basically, any undocumented ing- immigrant charged with a crime without a conviction, yeah. without anything, just you get, you get charged for jaywalking, you're going to ICE. Yeah. That was what Kamala Harris was supporting. Treat them like black people. No. Treat them like black people, as, as Ty says. In her answer, Harris called the reporting of arrested, juvenile, undocumented immigrants before they were convicted of a felony an a, quote, unintended consequence of the policy that she did not support. However, this was, in fact, the intent of the policy. You know what that, you know what that sounds like? Hillary Clinton talking about unintended consequences of the crime bill. Joe Biden, who in, as, recently as, as recently as 2016, when Joe Biden was asked, by the way, he he drafted the crime bill. It's not like he signed on to it. Joe Biden drafted the crime bill, so he wasn't like a co-sponsor. He wrote the damn thing. But uh, when he was asked about it, whether he regrets that or not in 2016, he said no. But now that he wants to run for president, he said, "Well, there were some unintended unintended consequences, you know, unintended. like locking up yeah. all the black folk."
1: No, he got it. He got a, um He did. A can interview. people can people hear you? Yeah, they can hear him. He did an interview on it though. He
0: was very arrogant about
1: I wrote that bill with my on my like he was building a building. Mm. Like yeah, you did. You built a lot of jail buildings. Like I built I, I wrote that bill with my bare hands. With my bare hands. He would always like articulate it as him being so proud, even knowing
0: what it's done. I'm talking about these interviews just happened. So what's interesting about this is Kamala Harris is saying that she is quote uh, wasn't for that part of the policy. That was the policy. What is she talking about? So she's saying, well, that was an unintended consequence of the policy. But that wasn't a consequence of the policy. That was the policy. It's not like, a, it's not like an offshoot of the policy. So I'll continue here. And again, credit where credit's due. This is a good report by CNN. You know, I, I like to attack them. But when they're right, when they do good reporting, you got to call it what it is. In her answer, uh, Harris called the reporting of arrested juvenile undocuments. Oh, I just wrote that. Quote, somebody asked her. Could you kind of give us some insight on how, from that time, when for whatever reason you were supporting this policy that was essentially handing over undocumented people to ICE before they had been convicted to now, kind of what's changed on that and how you come to those changes, the questioner asked Harris. Harris responded, quote, well, that ended up being an unintended consequence of the policy, and I did not support that consequence of that policy. Oh, boy. She's really starting to sound like a, me- a mix of Hillary, Biden, Romney, uh, and that policy. I believe has since changed because it was not the intended purpose of that policy. And I'll say this, and I feel very strongly about it. Got it? Here, this is the thing that she's been told to say. Remember, on the debate stage or town hall stage, when she was for Medicare for all, uh-huh. she said, and I feel very strongly about this. Mm. She says, and I feel very strongly about this several times before moonwalking away from Medicare for all 24 hours later, Uh, and I feel very strongly about it, and I always have, which which is this, my background is as a prosecutor, and I want to know that a person, a victim of a rape or a child molestation or a vicious violent crime, I want to know that the victim will be able to run in the middle of the street and wave down the police officer and receive protection and security without having to worry about if they do that, will they be deported? Yeah, but that's the policy you supported did the opposite. It made people want to hide in the shadows and not even leave their wherever they live. Uh, The article goes on to say San Francisco has been a sanctuary city since 1989, meaning that police were not obligated to give any Uh, information to federal immigration authorities about interactions with undocumented residents of the city. The city's police was amended in 1992 to remove protections for criminal adult suspects, but the protection remained for arrested juveniles. Newsom changed this policy. Uh, Newsom changed, hold on. Newsom changed this policy Uh, in 2008 after a 21-year-old undocumented man was arrested for murdering three members of a San Francisco family. The man had previously been arrested uh, as a youth at 17 and was found guilty of attempted robbery and assault, but he was never reported to federal immigration authorities. After Newsom's change, the city began reporting arrested undocumented juveniles to ICE who were suspected of committing a felony, regardless of whether they were actually found guilty of a crime. Harris's comments mischaracterize her history on the policy. Reporting arrested undocumented juveniles to ICE was not a, quote, unintended consequence of the policy. It was the policy. Thank you. Newsom and Harris have both since said that they supported the policy as a measure to protect San Francisco's overall status as a sanctuary city. But the policy itself was enacted as ordered by the mayor. Newsom acknowledged during his successful run for governor of California in 2018 that the policy could have been handled differently. Quote, These people charged, but not convicted. These, pe- These were people charged, but not convicted. Some people ultimately were exonerated, uh, but that that got caught up in it. He told the Sacramento Bee, um, the Sacramento Bee last year. I'll just say this to my critics: fair game. Looking back. There were things we could have done differently. I'm very honest about that. Well, have they done a study on how many people who how many undocumented immigrants got deported as a result of this, even though they were never convicted of a crime? Because that's probably what ended up happening in a lot of cases. So this is uh, this is. It's not just about this policy. It's about what we're starting to see from Kamala Harris, which is a lot of this moonwalking away from things. If you noticed, after the town hall she had with CNN, which, by the way, she got a town hall 24 hours, (laughs) 24 hours after she announced her run uh, for president. Nobody has gotten a town hall the day after. But anyway, that's a different story for another day. Uh, So she was basically talking or trying to talk, like Bernie Sanders. So she was talking about, we need Medicare for all. When asked, what are you going to do about the private insurance company industry? She said, eh, let's just get rid of it. And she had some great sound bites that if you actually just believed what she said on its face, pretty progressive. But then when she got criticism for being so strongly for Medicare for all, within 24 hours, well, she wasn't as strongly for Medicare for all. I'm open to other types of things like Medicare extra, Medicare buy-in, uh, you know... Medicare at 50, and a bunch of other things that, frankly, people who want to stop the momentum for Medicare for all, polling at 70%, uh, polling at 52% among Republicans, um, people who want to stop that put in these little incrementalist policies or the public option or these things. When the overwhelming majority of people say, enough with the half measures, we want full Medicare for all. Not complicated. That's what, they, that's what the people want. So if Kamala Harris is for the people, why wouldn't she be like Bernie Sanders saying, no, I support Medicare for all. That's it. Medi- uh, Health care is a human right. So we're seeing also where when she's called out or when there's reporting on her previous positions, she doesn't apologize. She doesn't say, you know what? Uh, at the time, I thought it was a good thing, but with retrospect, with uh, hindsight and, and knowing uh, the, quote, unintended consequences, it was a mistake, and I apologize. Uh, no, she doesn't do that. She pretends that, oh, I wasn't for that part of the policy. Again, that was the entire policy. So I think it's pretty, I think it's probably ridiculous. Uh, I think she, uh, eventually, all of these, all of this moonwalking away from, like, What you did as attorney general, what you did as a district attorney in uh, San Francisco, it's going to catch up with you because as you saw in 2016, people are getting more educated. People actually look at your background. You have more independent media that actually look at uh, these candidates' background, including, frankly, uh, well, it's not independent, but finally CNN did some reporting because for a while CNN seemed to be fawning over Kamala Harris in in addition to other Outlets and frankly, a lot of Democrats. I like Barbara Lee, Congresswoman Barbara Lee in general. I I think she's progressive, but I was kind of surprised she came out uh, endorsing Kamala Harris so quickly. There were other, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised uh, because I'm not surprised in one way. She's from California, so she's supporting the Congresswoman from, uh, Senator from California, but I am surprised because Kamala Harris is kind of like Cory Booker. Kirsten Gillibrand, all of these kind of Johnny-come-lately progressives that aren't that progressive. I would like to inform you of another important story going on. Did you know that there's a major strike going on in Erie, Pennsylvania? I spelled Erie wrong on my Twitter. It is E-R-I-E. Erie, Pennsylvania, in addition to the rest of Pennsylvania, got hoodwinked by President Trump into thinking he was making America great. He's going to bring the jobs back that have gone to China, Mexico, and other places, and all of this stuff. Well, Erie, Pennsylvania has not seen these plants reopen, and Erie, Pennsylvania is now seeing uh, wages beginning to get cut and uh, be- other benefits being taken. So there's a General Electric plant that, creates, that has created mo- uh, locomotives, locomotives, uh, trains, those kinds of th- – locomotives for trains for 80 years. And General Electric recently merged with a company called uh, – I think it's Wab- WabTech. Uh, I might be mis- mispronouncing it, Wabtec. So Wabtec has now taken ownership of this factory in Erie, Pennsylvania. And as soon as they took ownership of it, they tr- they began uh, cutting wages for new hires by 38%. So anyone hired new by, by Wabtec at this factory, they were cutting by 38%. They're also trying to create a two-tier system, which I just saw, Ty and I just saw on the road in Detroit, in Lordstown, Ohio, when we were covering the General Motors layoffs, because in the United Corporations of America, a company like General Motors could lay off 15,000 workers, it gets a tweet, a headline, and then nobody cares. But status coup. We were out there in the trenches. We spoke with the laid off workers. We spoke with the current workers. We spoke with retirees. We spoke with workers that were so scared of getting fired, uh, were so scared of getting uh, speaking out for getting fired, intimidation, not just from General Motors, but from the unions that they're in, that what do we have to do? We had to black out their face. Not the black face like uh, Ralph Northam, the black face like good journalists do. So, had to get that in there. So, what you have here, what you have here, you got General Motors, $8.1 billion uh, in profit last year, laying off 15,000 workers. You have WabTac who they are a very profitable company, so profitable that they are now getting the attention of one Bernie Sanders, who wrote to the CEO of the company saying it is un, it is basically unconscionable what you're doing to these workers who have been creating you the profit. Now you're coming in all heavy-handed. They don't want to give full-time workers overtime. They want to cut new workers by 38%. They want to create a two-tier system, which invites more temporary workers without benefits. So uh, this morning, I spoke with uh, one of the one of the workers on strike. There is a there is seventeen hundred, so one thousand seven hundred workers on strike right now from the United Electric uh, Union. So I spoke with a, a gentleman named Brad McCurdy, uh, and here is some of our interview uh, with Brad, who is striking right now. Lab Tech, which, yes. which which is short for uh, Westinghouse Air Brake Technology, right. So kind of talk to me about uh, how long did you guys know this merger was going to happen and What were you told about it uh, as far as, uh, you know, hours, benefits, pay versus what has ended up happening? I think we, uh, (coughs) I don't know, maybe
2: it's been close to a year before we knew the uh, GE was planning on spinning us off, and uh, shortly thereafter, you know, the uh, WabTech name kept coming up, and then, it, you know, it kind of rolled into, okay, this is happening, and uh, right at the get go, we were all kind of optimistic, maybe naively, well, definitely naively. And uh, because everyone uh, within the facility was telling us that they have a you know a rich history of acquiring successful businesses and pretty much leaving them alone and uh, just letting them continue to make money. For their corporation. So we were like, oh, well, this sounds good. Maybe, you know, maybe we won't be in this struggle like we have been with GE forever. And uh, a company is going to buy us out and and appreciate the the profit and the work we do. And uh, we won't have such a struggle on our hands. But uh, boy, it looks like we were wrong.
0: Right. And uh, it looks like they want to cut wages for new hires by 38%. Uh, they want to mandate uh, more overtime. Uh, and they also, one thing that really hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but a lot of these companies, including General Motors uh, and other manufacturing companies have been doing is setting up kind of this two tier system where they could bring in more temporary workers. Can you kind of talk about uh, a lot of uh, the cuts and you know sacrifices they're asking you guys to make?
2: Well, yeah, it, it's it's just absolutely disgusting. You know, that uh, they can be making the profits that they're making and, uh, you know, try and gut punch our community into taking such concessions, whether it's the, uh, you know, the hourly wage or or the working conditions themselves. Um, And and they try and paint a cloud that, uh, oh, they're going to pay, you know, decent money to all the new hires and all the uh, recalled members. Uh, at, at at wages that are above what's uh, normal in our region, but that's unfair to say, and that and that's an unfair comparison because there's no one in our region their size and making their kind of profits. So to me, that seems underhanded to to uh, use that as a benchmark. Um, they're They're asking us to to sell our community down the river and family sustaining uh, good jobs down the river.
0: And, and it's just not right. I want to uh, read, uh, unsurprisingly, Bernie Sanders is, is joining in the fray here. So he wrote to the CEO, uh, Raymond Bettler uh, of yeah. WabTAC, saying, let me be clear, WabTAC is not a poor company. It's not going broke. Through the first three quarters of last year, WabTAC made 256 million profit and had enough money to give you, the CEO, a $3.5 million compensation package. This right. year, This year, uh, total revenue for WabTAC is expected to exceed $7.7 billion. So it kind of comes down to this issue of, I think we're talking bigger scale. Uh, labor, uh, manufacturing workers in America have been attacked basically since the early 80s. Uh, corporate, at, corporate greed, plain right. and simple. So let me ask you then, uh, because I just I just got back from Detroit and Ohio covering the General Motors layoffs uh, there, 15,000 workers. And you're seeing uh, I think you're seeing more um, talk and more loud uh, talk of, you know, possibly unions coordinating together uh, and and working together, uh, not just not just nationally, but globally. uh, Correct. What are your thoughts on, uh, obviously, your fight in Erie, Pennsylvania, but uh, labor unions across the country? Because these corporations have been getting away with this all-out attack for a long time.
2: Yeah, the attack on the middle class is rampant. You know, it, 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 it's nationwide. It's global-wide. Um, and, and, and it's just, it's disgusting. And there's got to be a line in the sand drawn. And uh, we're doing that here
0: and uh, can you kind of talk about uh, this plant uh, general Mo- general electric plant I think it's been there for like eight dec- 80 years uh, talk about the community around like what how does this affect the community as far as the wage cuts uh, and yeah. some of the more regressive things that they're trying to do uh, it's it, it's a
2: it's a big deal uh, uh, unfortunately the company's really good at uh, manipulating the media and attempting to uh, manipulate the community. Um but our our resolve will be uh you know unmatched. Uh they don't know uh, how determined we are to show the community uh that they're just they're they're not they're not
0: portraying themselves um, honestly. So that was Brad McCurdy. Uh, you can watch the full interview up on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash status uh, We're almost at 30,000 subscribers. So definitely let your friends, family know they could be, they could be uh, 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 the, in the final stretch of 30,000 subscribers. So why I wanted to play some of that, is it just me? Because I remember in the journalism 101 class I took, this is how you knew if a story was important. Uh, timeliness, 1,700 people are currently outside in 14 degree weather. I cut it off before he said it's 14 degrees and they're outside striking. So timeliness, it's happening right now. Uh, proximity, it's happening right where they live. Um, numbers, 1,700 people. There was two other things, but I missed that day. Uh, so I think I'm pretty sure 1,700 people is a news story. I'm pretty sure 1,700 people striking is a news story. Why is it not anywhere? I haven't seen it even on Twitter. Other than a few hashtags, I don't see any media covering this. I, it's
1: definitely not trending on Twitter. If you go to their, uh, the union's website, you see it. Probably
0: yeah, but it's not, trending on, it's not trending on Twitter. CNN's not covering it. I don't think Time, New York Times is covering it. It's almost like they don't want to actually spotlight workers fighting back. I mean, originally, they were barely even covering the West Virginia teacher strike. So it's, it's basically, you have workers fighting back, but you have nobody other than independent media. And frankly, I don't even think other independent media are covering this that much. Uh, if Ty and I weren't trying to do a lot of different things for the business, we would drive down there to Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, but we're working. It's not really, it's seven hours from here. So, and I've spent enough time with you in the car for a little while, but um, this is a super important story because like what's going on with General Motors, Frankly, uh, Walmart has has done a lot to stop its workers from unionizing. Amazon has done a lot to stop its workers from unionizing. This is the first large-scale strike for manufacturing in three years. And why you don't see strikes uh, in America, especially union strikes, is because the companies, the corporations that are strangling these workers have put the fear of God in them and their unions. And as a result, the unions and the union bosses have told their workers not to strike And actually have basically threatened their workers that if you strike, there might be retribution from your union. That is not a recipe for success. You need to see more people striking like you were seeing in Erie, Pennsylvania. Wages cut by 38%. Wages cut by 38% for new hires when this company is making millions and millions in profits. And I believe this CEO got a $35 million package. That's absurd. And, you know, of course, I think the CEO or one of the executives wrote an op-ed saying, well, we're just being competitive. This is what other companies do. No, 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 You, You guys are having very, very nice profits. These workers, uh, later in the interview, he says, we make the best locomotives in the world. They've been doing it at this one location for literally 80 years. So this is just unfettered corporate greed. But the reason it continues is there's no media covering it. And the fear of God has been put in, because really, what's going on? And somebody said this to us in Detroit when we were speaking with uh, the, the activists in Detroit and the union workers we spoke to from Fiat Chrysler. There is these corporations have launched mental warfare against the workers. So it's not just you know beating them economically, but they're threatening them. They're trying to intimidate them and trying to make it that they they would rather uh, they would rather live in fear they never get laid off. Because if they get laid off, then how are they going to pay their groceries? How are they going to pay their kids' school? How are they going to pay for medicine? And on and on we go. So they're putting the fear of God in in these workers. So it's very, very encouraging that uh, you're seeing this strike. Uh, There needs to be more media coverage. If it continues, uh, Ty and I might try to get down there. Uh, It is far, but I think it deserves coverage. Uh, And I, you know, Uh, definitely watch the full interview with Brad Uh, I think it's important and um, I really think that frankly it says a lot that Bernie Sanders is the only presidential candidate that has even said a word about this what happened to uh, you know Cory Booker he's running on on the love platform haven't heard a word from Cory Booker on this Uh, we have not I haven't even heard anything from Elizabeth Warren to tell you the truth if she said something and I missed it tell me but I looked at her Twitter of the last few days I didn't see anything Uh, Same goes for For the People, Kamala Harris, Crickets. Uh, Who else is there? Julian Castro, haven't heard anything. Uh, I don't think I heard anything from Tulsi Gabbard, but I would have to check that. So to be fair, I I haven't heard anything from Tulsi Gabbard. The others I did check. I I didn't see anything. So if you're a presidential candidate claiming to be progressive... You need to be standing with labor unions because part of the reason labor unions are in the dire situation that they're in in America is because we have had a Democratic Party that leaves them standing at the altar for the last 20 to 30 years. Democratic Party, to remind you, signed NAFTA. That was Bill Clinton. As my friend Jimmy Dore said, uh, you know, Bill Clinton got stuff passed that Ronald Reagan could only dream of, like NAFTA, welfare reform, crime bill, uh, repealing Glass-Steagall. The list goes on, so we'll follow up uh, as far as this strike, uh, because I think the more strikes you have, then you start talking about a general strike in America. Then you would start talking about a yellow vest movement in America, but you gotta, you know, you can't have that if workers are for in major major fear of consequences. It seems like Better O'Rourke has an announcement. Mm-hmm. Better O'Rourke has announced.
1: That's it. An Better
0: O'Rourke has announced that he, that he has announced. an announcement. Uh, that he and his wife and his kids have dis- have have, have uh, come to a conclusion of, of of his future, and will announce it soon. Uh, so they're about as subtle as me at a bar trying to uh, you know be Sorry, That's all you just had a bar. That's be smooth. All. Be smooth. Um, ben O'Rourke's running for president apparently because he ain't announcing he's not. Um, a new poll came out today of uh, Democrats versus Trump in Texas. Better O'Rourke was losing 47% to 46%, but he was the closest. Uh, Bernie to Joe Biden was, I believe, 47%. Down, for, Biden was also uh, 47%, uh, 46%, and I believe Bernie was 47%, 45%. So right there, you got Better O'Rourke leading the field, but still losing uh, in his home state to Trump. Uh, I think Better O'Rourke, frankly, is kind of a third-way Democrat. I think Better O'Rourke is your card, card, cardboard cutout, Center for American Progress, fake progressive. Uh, I've already done several videos on Better O'Rourke, but frankly, I mean, he's voted for offshore drilling. He voted to lift 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 the cap uh, on exporting oil. Uh, Which there was a cap on that for many decades in America. Uh, He voted for deregulating Wall Street. And he was also part of the New Democrat Coalition, which is a centrist, frankly, slightly right wing um, uh, group in Congress. And uh, he voted uh, in Congress, I believe, 30 percent of the time with President Trump. So I don't think this is going to get you to the promised land, folks. And I want to point out, uh, I'm I don't I'm not from Texas, but I did say if I did live in Texas, I would have voted for him over Ted Cruz, but I would have voted for Lucifer over Ted Cruz. You know, that's not really like a, a huge... Not
1: Lucifer. Ted Cruz
0: isn't. Huge... All right. I would have voted for like, I don't know. I would have voted for someone that I don't like over Ted Cruz. Let's put it that way. However... That's not exactly like a, a, ra- a you know a r- ringing a ringing endorsement bumper sticker. Like frankly, he came closer than most Democrats come in Texas. So credit to him. He ran a good campaign. I think he lost by two point five or close to three percentage points in Texas. But he lost. So why why would we think if you lose to Ted Cruz in Texas that you're going to beat Donald Trump in America?
1: It can happen. But why? Because.
0: What, what's his, what's, what has he accomplished?
1: Obviously that matters a lot. He took the margin down like nine points, which they would say mobilized the democratic, um, uh, uh, wave, so to speak that happened during the midterms. So, I mean, there's a good arguing point. If you're talking about Texas versus America, now we can have the same argument. Now, no, remember we had the argument earlier about when we were talking about Tulsi, we were talking about a district versus America. Now we're talking about America falling in love with this guy that maybe the majority of Texas, but not enough of Texas did. Right. That's a completely different thing. That's a good argument.
0: Well, here's what I'm saying. What is it about Better O'Rourke that makes the people in Ohio just excited? Or Wisconsin, or Michigan, or Pennsylvania?
1: You gotta see. It's probably something.
0: No, I think he was, people were very excited because he was running against Ted Cruz. I mean, people hate Ted Cruz well, hate countrywide. Yeah, and most of his right. donations were from outside Texas, which ain't a bad thing. I mean, money's money, wherever you can get it from. And he got a lot of small dollar donations. But that's because Ted Cruz is a, re- like, just reviled, hated, you know, worm of a person. So, I, you know, I'm not saying Beto shouldn't run if he wants to run. Free to, you know, if you want to run, he's qualified. He was a congressman. That's fine. But I don't particularly know what he adds to the field. I honestly think, and call it what you want, I think he's got a lot of Obama in him, just white. I really do. I think Beto comes off, he talks in very vague, he, he talks in very, very uplifting I don't vagueness. know
1: how y'all see it, completely different. Different no. dispositions. He talks swag, in different.
0: very vague, vague, uh, I'm going to lift the seas, part the oceans, part of you know, yeah, all that. Uh, there's, there's no there there. And by the way, he wasn't for Medicare for all during his Senate campaign. I don't think he's for Medicare for all now. He's not for free public college, as far as I know. He's not for ending private prisons. He has not signed on to the Green New Deal. Not only has he not signed on to the Green New Deal, he broke the no fossil fuel pledge. So, and, and frankly, from people I spoke with in Texas, not exactly uh, a warm guy privately, behind the scenes. He was publicly, because Bernie Sanders is what you got. Bernie Sanders is, like, what you see on camera is what you see off. He's a grumpy guy, yeah. but he's also a nice guy and generous, and he cares about the young people and the old people. I whatever. would
1: argue Tulsi as well. Yes. I don't know. Tulsi's so, like, mild man. It seemed like she just go in on Do people. you know what I
0: told Tulsi Gabbard after? What? I'm not going to get into detail because, like, you know, it wasn't on the record. But what I told her after, take off the gloves a little bit. Don't let these view people. I think
1: she takes them off just in a different type
0: of way. Yeah, but, you know. She needs to, if you're going on with Meghan McCain, I, I understand she's from Hawaii and Aloha and all these things, but like, you know, don't let them walk all over you. People want to see a fighter. That's what I'm saying. You could be nice, but also be like, I would have said sitting there with Meghan McCain, uh, I'm sorry for your loss, but you know, your father stood on stage with neo-Nazis in the Ukraine. Yeah. So you want to talk about no, an I apologist? I would have.
1: Oh, yeah. If you called me an apologist and tried to play me like that, I
0: mean, John McCain, along with Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, literally stood on stage in Ukraine with neo-Nazis from the opposition party, which, you know, the Democratic Party loves these people. I don't know why. So, um, yeah, apologists, no. By the way, Donald Rumsfeld, I mean, I went through this with uh, Congresswoman Gabbard in our interview. Donald Rumsfeld went and shook hands with Saddam Hussein. Uh, Reagan had the India India, uh, tyrant in the White House. There's a huge huge tradition uh, of just cuddling up with brutal dictators but when it's Congresswoman Gabbard doing it apologist let's Jill Steiner uh, you know better O'Rourke what's the difference between better O'Rourke and Corey Booker or Kirsten Gillibrand or Kamala Harris or Julian Castro they're all the same well you know some are a little bit more charismatic but they're all kind of this like yeah in theory I'm for Medicare for all but like when challenged about it well we're open to other things. Or they don't say Medicare for all. They say, I believe everybody should have access to health care. No, 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 no. I have access to a lot of things. It doesn't mean I can pay for it. Um, They're all very, 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 very similar. They're very, very similar. And they'd be great at, you know, a a birthday party. I don't really see a lane for better O'Rourke. I think he was very charismatic standing on top of cars in Texas because he was running against one of the most vile, not just politicians, but just human beings in this country. But I just don't see how him as a, con- as a, as a centrist or republican light congressman for several years translates nationally. I don't, you know s- why? I don't see his big vision. You
1: know why? Because they're, for some reason, are just trying to, like, nullify like they did in 2016.
0: It wasn't hard for me during the Senate campaign to dig up who, da- who Beto was taking money from. If you if you were following status quo at the time, I found that he was doing fundraisers with fossil fuel lobbyists while saying I'm not I'm signing the uh, no fossil fuel pledge. So it's not hard to find that these people's actions, the people they take money from, the fundraisers they do don't match the words. And that's a problem because in this day and age, the mood of the Democratic Party is moving very, very, very far to the left. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Hope you enjoyed that last video, hop on over to statuscoup.com where you can sign up for our email list and become a member for as low as 5 to $10 a month. Membership is how we grow, that's statuscoup.com join. And remember, join our email list so we can grow the revolution with you.